theyeshiva.net. Yeah, Avas Olam, right? There's the love created from the world, from existence, and it could be contained within the realm of the soul, within the realm of identity, because it comes from identity. And Averabba, you're right, is the essential love that the soul has because it's part of Hashem. It's part of infinity. It doesn't have to come out to us, we have to come out to it. Yeah, yeah. so so the Averabba is really the at the core of everything. It's it's when we can get beyond the conceptualized I to the to the depth of the I that is not conceptualized in words or a vocabulary or defined by identity, then we can, uh, then we can, uh, we experience it, but in a way that's deeper than experience. It's not that I experience it. It's because basically, you see, we have to observe ourselves. And when we observe ourselves, we see there's always an I observing it. But when we can touch that core of the I, that's love. Yeah. And so you say, how do we get in touch with it? I think we get in touch with it by, uh, first of all, by knowing about it. And then he says, that the wine... The wine allows for the secrets to come out. This is called soid. It's the soid. It's, it's the ava has, it's the ava mesoteris. It's the concealed love. It's concealed in the sense that it's, it's beyond the definitions that we know of how we experience things because it's not contained inside of me. I'm contained inside of it. In other words, this is the love that is so much deeper than my structure. You see, every one of us has the way we articulate ourselves to ourselves. But the eye is deeper than that. And the eye can observe that self-conceptualization. So he says, this is, comes from the Shoirish HaNefesh. When you go back to the Shoirish HaNefesh, if I can go into the, to the core of the soul, then there is love. Because chelik Hashem mamish amay, we're part of Hashem, but that love is is grander, it's vaster than that which can be contained within a definition or within a description. So, experiencing that love is a very, uh, it's an extraordinary, powerful, powerful experience, because it comes from a place that's deeper than my conceptualized identity. And he says, when you bring in wine, wine, which refers to Yeno Shel has the ability to open us up to that secret. This is called the secret of a person. This is your side, your secret. Secret doesn't mean that you're not allowed to tell anybody about it. Secret means that you don't tell it even to yourself. <laughs> not because you don't want to, but because by definition, what's the definition of a secret? Secret means shh, we don't talk about it. But secret also means something else. We can't talk about it. Because when we talk about it, we limit it. We, we conceptualized it. We turned it into another word in the dictionary. So once we talk about it, it's not it anymore. 
a, you understand this is very, very powerful. We call secrets, shh, it's a secret, don't tell anybody. What the Alter Rebbe calls a secret is not don't tell anybody. You could tell everybody, but you're not telling them anything because this is something that can't be told. <laughs> it can't be communicated in words because the moment I communicated in words, I lost the plot. It's not something that can come from my conceptualized sense of self. This comes from the self, which is beyond the conceptualized sense of self. This is the soul, the way it's aligned with pure infinity. He says it's actually in the source of the soul, therefore it can't be contained within the structure of the soul. That's Averaba. And the Yayin of Torah helps us get in touch with that secret. It, it hones, it hones our spiritual skills. It fine tunes the chords of our spiritual violins and harps, to be able to open us up to this secret that's inside of us. And that's, The core of a person is Ratzin, my will, my inner will. And that's not logic, like we learned in the Maimer of Al Hanissim, remember, we learned in the Maimer that the Yuvanim could not wrap their brains around the concept of Ratzin. I can deal with logic. I can even deal with the fact that I don't understand everything. But I can't deal with the fact that at the core of reality is Ratzin. Ratzin, which is desire that's not defined by logic at all. But how many of us have access to that, to that part of me? It's a very, very deep and powerful and vo- very vulnerable place. So, Peseach Esyedecha. When I become in touch with my Ratzin, the Yud, which is Tzimtzum, opens up. It gets unraveled. Hashem satiates every living reality with Ratzin. There should be a seamless flow between the Ratzin and the structure of the Chiyus of that reality. By unraveling the Yud, unpacking what is inside the Yud, because the Yud represents the Tzimtzum. And he says, Torah is our access to Hashem's wisdom and Hashem's will. And your own deepest Ratzin is aligned with that Ratzin Ha'elyin. And that's where, Let's now continue. Inside in the Maimer. Let me open the Sefer. If you, uh, if you need to open your source sheets, you want to ask something, you can ask. I think you're making a very good point. You're saying sometimes you see somebody who never had any access to Torah, to this wine, and yet they, through their own inner work and discipline and spiritual growth, it seems that they have some access to this, to this reality. Right, right. And you even see by non-Jews, uh, uh, Jews or non-Jews, a very profound experience of this type of love, universal love, uh, oneness, the oneness. And uh, on the other hand, some of us could learn Torah, and, uh, you know, it's a little more dry, maybe. So so I think, you know, I think you're, you're bringing up a very uh, powerful topic. I'm saying that you say it as is. <laughs> Yeah. 
So, Behemshech uh, to the conversation yesterday. Yeah. So there's no question that every soul, these are truths that resonate within this, within existence. And within the space that's beyond the word existence. So therefore different souls touch different truths at different stages of the game. Um, what I would say is that people have to, however, there's that concept of the holistic experience that ultimately redefines a person's life. Which means I can have sparks of truth and sparks of inspiration, but one needs very, very powerful tools to be able to guide them through these processes, to make sure that it doesn't take them away from their responsibilities, from their moral duties. It gets them ultimately closer to the truth, because spirituality can also be about the ego. Spirituality can also be about the ego. It can be spiritual narcissism. So therefore, even though every soul has a connection to this, and different souls at different stages can experience it, the power here is that it's always connected to the emes. It's always connected to the truth. And what do we mean that it's connected to the truth? That it's never, I never get stuck there. I never get stuck. It never becomes a new comfort zone. It's always an aspect of serving God. Which means there's always a bittle, there's always a humility. It's always aligned with the Ein Saif. It never becomes like a destination. And now I have the perfection of experiencing this. It's always in the, it's within the context of the entire reality and our responsibilities to our Creator. And therefore, it never forgets about anything. You never run away and escape into something and then disregard everything else. Everything has to be connected. Everything has to be integrated. There's no abandoning certain parts. And I think that's part of what, what, this my modem, the Alter Rebbe doesn't only open us up to these states of reality, but also guides us how to integrate them into life, as we'll soon see. Because these things can also become sometimes egotistical and uh, narcissistic even, and I can get stuck there and so forth. Yes, when it comes to learning Torah, there could be different ways of learning Torah. I could learn Torah and I could drink the wine of Torah. So that's what he's saying. You know, people could learn, but they learn more, it's just robotic. It's more, you know, I just go through the words. It's more technical. It may even be intellectually challenging, but it's not necessarily spiritually enlightening. Here we're talking about the Torah in its full glory and depth that opens you up to this Ratzon. Paiseach es it's the Torah that takes you beyond the Yud, in order to be able to have access to the Ratzon, to the inner core of Ratzon. Now, you know what this means on a, on a human level? This is unbelievably powerful. Because if you can be in touch every moment with your inner Ratzon, that's essentially what healing looks like. Healing looks like when every moment I can be aligned with my innermost rutsin, my innermost will, without the need to, to justify it, without the need to conceptualize it, without the need to limit it, without the need to uh, mitigate it and compromise it and negotiate with it and bargain with it, the ability to always have that direct connection to rutsin, to the innermost rutsin, which is at the core of human existence, that's where integration comes from. Um, all, I would say, all wounds and all scars, especially trauma, 
is that which takes you away from your Ratzon. You don't have access anymore to it. You don't believe in it. You can't trust it. You're not, you have to protect it. You're not allowed to display it. It may be too horrible. It may be too shameful. It may be too embarrassing. The Ratzon has to be locked up for eternity. And now a new type of self has to take over. A self that only survives, that is always in a space of fight or flight, very restricted version of self, not the self that is an expansion and an extension of Ratzon. So must be al Chai Ratzon is that on every level of Chiyos, every level of Chai, you should be able to be satiated and filled up, Mazbiya, with that inner Ratzon. And that's, that's where the Avarabba, that's where the Avarabba comes from. Over there, there's expansive love. Avarabba means expansive love, large love, vast love. Ubazayuvan. We're in the Maimech Chachlili, right? We did the first three paragraphs. We're holding page 94. Mem Zayin Amud Gimel. If you go to theyeshiva.net, you'll see Hasidus Friday. It has the source sheets. Either you have view source sheets or you see download and then you can download it on your computer or you could view it in the space of the video. Or you can open up a Torah Er Parshas Vayechi. Torah Er Parshas Vayechi, page 94, the paragraph starts, Ubaze Yuvan. Ubaze Yuvan, the Pasuk says, with, with this we'll understand what the Pasuk says, Chachlili Red-eyed from wine. What does it mean, red-eyed from wine? Okay. So you have it on a literal level. It means that often when somebody drinks wine <laughs> in abundance, they become red-eyed. So the Pasuk says, <laughs> red-eyed from wine. So you have it on a literal level. What does it mean on a very basic physical level? It means that when a large quantity of wine or alcohol enters the system, so tiny blood vessels on the surface of the eye, get uh, dilated, and they cause the red inflamed appearance. So we say, you know, you're red, red-eyed, right? Bloodshot, bloodshot eyes. That, that's basically the, the physical effect. But like every, so, so, so what's, why is Yaakov blessing his son with this? It's not, not such a good thing. It's not such a good thing. When, when the eyes become red, it represents inflammation. In fact, uh, it says that I think a heavy drinking can deplete and can cause a depletion of the of the body's reserve of nutrients that are needed for eye health. So, what's the blessing? Red eyed from wine. So, on a literal level, it means there'll be a lot of wine. There'll be so much wine that your eyes will get red from wine. But that's not a blessing. <laughs> it's not good for the eyes. It actually represents something unhealthy for the eyes. Generally, red eyes, when your eyes are red, it's because something uh, that could be, God forbid, an infection. Could be you were rubbing your eyes. There could be another, another, another issue with the, with the blood vessels by the eye. So what's the blessing? He could say, you'll have a lot of grapes. You'll have a lot of fruits. What's this blessing? You'll be red eyed from wine. So the Al-Terebbe says, the challenge is that we're looking at Yaakov's words in physical, only in physical, physical terms. The Al-Terebbe, the Yaakov is saying something much deeper. 
pirush enayim hu mashakosav enay tamed Red-eyed, what are enayim? Your eyes are red. What are the eyes? The eyes are referring to the Pasuk says, Eine Tamedel Hashem. The Pasuk says, Eine Tamedel Hashem. The eyes are perpetually directed towards the source. I always, I look in the back, if you have the Torah, in the back they have the Mari Mekoymas, the, the footnotes to where the Pesukim are. So this is Mem, Mem Zayin Amid Gimel. That's why I, I look sometimes in the back. So we all know this Pasuk, it's from Tehillim Kapitel Chafei, many of uh, Nusachari say it by Tachnon, right? L'david Hashem Elech Hashem Nafshi Esa. Enei Tamid El Hashem Ki Hu Yoytzi Mereches Ragle. My eyes are directed to God. Hinei Ein Hashem El Yireyev. The Pasuk also says in Tehillim Lamed Gimel, the eyes of God are directed towards those who revere Him. What does this mean? This means this is a nayim. So the Alter Rebbe says, Chachlili nayim, eyes in the plural, is my eyes and God's eyes. Einai tamid el Hashem, my eyes to Hashem tamid, and Einai Hashem el Yireyev. Einai Hashem el Yireyev. Vubchines listakole biyikore demalka. This is the concept of gazing, listakole, gazing at the glory of at the light of the king. That the Ava doesn't only pulsate in the heart, and the Ava doesn't only get experienced in the brain, but that the Ava shines in a person's heart in a state of seeing. I see it. This is what's called Ava Betanugim, a love of the light. This transcends both Avarabba and Avas Oilam because this fills the whole person with delight. This is a experience of Ava Betanugim. He says it transcends even Avarabba and Avas Oilam. In parentheses, the Tzemach Tzedek explains, it says in Tanya and Perik Mem Gimel, that Avar Rabbah is Avar Betanugim. So the Tzemach Tzedek explains that in Avar Rabbah itself, there's two aspects. There's the Ava that is revealed, but it's not in a state of Gilui Hatainug. And then there's Avar Rabbah Betanugim. In other words, within Avar Rabbah itself, there's the Avar Rabbah. It's a very, very powerful and deep experience of love. Ava Rabba Betan Nugim is, that love grows in an even more powerful way, where it's called a Nayim. I'm gazing at you, which means it fills the entire being of a person with absolute, infinite ecstasy and delight. Tanugim. Tanugim means with the deepest place of pleasure. Ke'inyan shekosov e'necha yoinim. In Shehashirim, there's an expression, the first chapter. Your eyes are like the eyes of a dove. What a metaphor. Like a pair of doves. You ever saw doves? You know, doves are from the few birds, from the few living organisms that their relationships are monogamous. Their loyalty is incredible. Most other animals, most other mammals, right? even in one season, the male could be connected with many females. That's how they, uh, 
That's how they prosper, they procreate en masse. But yoinim, there's certain types of doves that are very, very loyal to their mate. The famous Balaturim about this in the beginning of Parshas Tazriya. So when the Chos and Ani Ledoidi Hashirim speaks about the level of a relationship that's so deep, it says your eyes are like the eyes of a dove. Why are we called a dove? Because dove, the male and the female, they're a zug, they're a peer, a couple, and he says they just look at each other. You ever see? They can be perched on a, on a fence or on a tree branch, yeah? And they just look at each other and they sing. You have it in your, in your Muncie, you have it in your backyard, yeah? They, they both, they get, they come on your porch, yeah? And they stand there for hours and hours and hours. And what do they do? They fabreng. That's what they do. They look at each other and they fabreng. What is this? This is listakala. I just look at you. It's the biggest pleasure. I don't have to talk. I don't have to give speeches. I don't have to go to work. I just look at you. Looking at you, necha yoinim. God says, your eyes are like the eyes of a dove. He says, that's ava betanugim. That's an Ava where just the deepest Tainug is Malka. It's not you learn Chsidis or you learn Taira for an objective. You want to become a better person. You want to become a deeper person. You want to become a healthier person. You want to become a happier person. You want to have better Shalom bias. That's all good. That's all good. But that's that. That's not Ava B'tanugim. Ava B'tanugim is L'stakala B'yikarada Malka. I just want to stay here forever. It's not with a purpose. I want to melt away in the truth of Ein Soiv. That's it. That's Ava Batanugim. That's where I am. Ein Oid Mulvad. I have nothing else. I don't need anything else. I don't need it. That's Ava Batanugim. The Heist was Tutsuch. Ein Echayoinim. It's not with a Tachlis. I don't have an objective. I want to become more fulfilled. I want to be more satisfied. I want to have more meaning, which are all unbelievable objectives. We're not minimizing the other objectives. Because we have, we have a life to live, and yes, I want to learn how to heal, and I want to learn how to be integrated, and I want to be happy, and I want to learn how to deal with anxiety, and I want to learn how to deal with stress. In other words, like this. The first stages of people coming to learn chassidus is because, very often, sometimes it's curiosity, but sometimes something is bothering me. I'm not fulfilled. I have anxiety. I have stress. My Yiddishkeit is not so fulfilled. Yeah? My children are not relating to me. I'm not connected to my spouse. Something is bothering me. I have issues for my childhood. So you may go to therapy and that may be helpful. But you still feel I'm missing something. Or I never even went to therapy, so I'm missing something. And I, I'm not, or even with therapy, but it's still, there's still maybe a spiritual discontent. Maybe I've suffered as a child. Maybe there's abuse, there's trauma, there's scars, there's wounds, there's a lot of other issues. Or maybe I'm a spiritual seeker. I'm a curious soul. I'm a spiritual seeker, right? We have had over the years, until today, a lot of therapists and psychotherapists and psychologists and healers that come to the shiurim, and they'll all say that this material enhances their work very deeply. It teaches them how to relate to themselves. I once asked a therapist who comes a lot to the shiurim, and I asked him, what did you gain from it? He said, did it help you with your clients? So he said, the most important thing is it helped me with myself. So therefore, <laughs> it helped me with all my clients. People think a psychologist and a therapist, I'm going to tell this to all the therapists, it's about helping your client. No, 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 no. You first have to help yourself. You can't help your clients whether you help yourself. It's self-awareness. If you're not aware of yourself, you're not going to be aware of your client. When you become a real person, a deeper person, then you'll be able to see everything in your client. 
If you can't find the ain't safe in yourself, how are you going to find the ain't safe in your client? Where you're going to click, you're going to click a button? This is advice to all the future therapists who are listening. You have to, you have to find yourself. Right? So, but that's all, that's all a tachlis. I want to find myself. I want to go deeper. I want to be able to have with more kavana. What's this takala beikara de malka? I just look at you. I don't need anything else. This is the biggest tainuk. The deepest tainuk is chsidis l'shem chsidis. I'm not learning in order to be able to be fulfilled and I'll have a vart at the Shabbos table and I'm going to be inspired by davening. All gewaldik, moiradik. And it'll help me with my Yetzirah, and it'll help me with my addictions, and it'll help me with my binging, and it'll help me with my self-confidence, and it'll help me with my kids. All wonderful, beautiful, and you continue. But, but there's something much deeper. That's the first stage. <laughs> That's to get you in the door. Once you're in the door, what happens? There comes on a kuda. It's, it's tayda l'shem tayda. It's chsidus l'shem chsidus. You get in touch with Yikara Damalka. Yikara Damalka is the truth of the Melech, the infinity of life, the Ein Saif. You look at the Ein Saif, you don't want to turn your eyes away. Who wants to turn their eyes away? How could you turn your eyes away? How could you turn your eyes away? So look at his words. So is the bond of love with a dveikus niflava atzam, with an attachment that is so wondrous and so powerful. That his heart and his eyes, all the days of his life, are focused on gazing at the glory of the king. Your eyes are like doves. We could just look at each other, just to be in your presence. Just to experience your radiance, just to be able to see you and be with you, that becomes the objective. In other words, there's no other objective. That's the deep chord of Ava that gets triggered, that when this place in me comes out, there's no other objective. I don't need another objective. This is an unbelievable piece of Zayar. I looked it up this morning because I wanted to see what's the Zayar that the Balatanya is quoting here. So I'm just going to read you the piece and you'll see why he's quoting this Zayar. This is from Zayar Parshish G'doshim. Okay. The Pasuk says in Shehashirim, Hasebi einayich minegdi shehemirivuni. The groom turns to the bride and says, take your eyes away from me. Stop looking at me. Stop looking at me. So the Zohar says, the Zohar says, earlier in Shir Hashidim it says, Hareini es marayich, Hashmiini es koilich, ki koilich oriv amarich nava. Show me your face. Allow me to hear your voice. Why? Your voice is so sweet, and your countenance is so beautiful. Says the Zohar, listen to the words I'm going to quote. When those eyes, the eyes of Malchus, the eyes of femininity, the eyes of the Jewish soul, gaze at the Reboi Neshalem, they gaze at God. They trigger, they arouse in Hashem's heart arrows, of love, 
they create within them, you know what it means, arrows of love. <laughs> arrows of love means love that shoots out and pierces through all resistance. So when the soul is looking at Hashem, when God experiences your eyes, those eyes arouse within Hashem, shooting arrows of love. And because the flame of the love is so intensely powerful, God says, turn your eyes away from me. Because your eyes consume me with the flame of love. Your eyes destroy me. Your eyes cause me to be consumed and burnt up in the flame of love. That's what he quotes here in the Maimer. The inun maikdin li b'shalhuvi richimusa. Maikdin from the word maikda, right? Is burning up. Eish maikda. We say in the morning, zois teres maikda al hamizbeach kol It's burnt up. He says, your eyes burn me up. They consume me. B'shalhuvi in the flame, the richimusa of love. So do me a favor, don't, stop looking at me. Stop looking at me. It's too much. I'm not going to exist anymore. He says, that's the experience of a nayim. That's what we mean by a nayim. There is such a powerful ava betanogim. Sheteya ava mislahevesu mislahetes. Belev ish lisaneg al Hashem meyreiv koel atchein koyach benaf shelahag belas ava belev rak bebchines reiyem ebechutz. The love is so fiery, it's so sparked up in the heart of a human being that one's pleasure of Hashem, Meirev Koil, is deeper than everything else to the point that your soul cannot limit the soul in the heart. The heart can't even experience it. It's called Re'iyah Mebachutz. You look at it from outside. Oh, now we'll understand what does Yaakov Avinu say, red-eyed from wine. Pidush. Admumis ha'inayim. What does it mean? The redness of the eye. Sha'oidem ha'inayim u'machmas toikif yishveyesh demoikten lebeshalivusa. Spiritually speaking, what does it mean? You have red eyes. Your eyes are on fire. The redness of the eye is your eyes are on fire because your soul is on fire. There's a fire burning inside of you. That's what the Zayar talks about when your eyes are looking at me. Your eyes are on fire and your eyes create that fire in me. So there are arrows of love now shooting back. So I say, turn your eyes away. This is the Ava Betanugim. So what does Yaakov Avinu say? Red-eyed from wine. You remember we spoke about the wine? You drank wine in a way that it made you red eye. It put your soul on fire, not only with Ava Rabbah, but with the deeper Ava Rabbah, which is Ava Betanugim. This is Shabbos. What do we say about Shabbos? Shabbos is defined by a day of Oineg. What's the Oineg of Shabbos? So some say, what's the Oineg of Shabbos? That really you have to go into the Kugel. But because you can't go into the Kugel, let the Kugel come into you. But the Alter Rebbe says, you know what the Oineg of Shabbos is? The Oynig of Shabbos is, the Karasula Shabbos Oynig, the Oynig of Shabbos is the Avabetanugim, the full alignment of the secret of a person, the secret that can't be articulated with the Ein Saif. Rebbe Zriel, which version of Tainug are you gonna choose? Which version of Tainug are you gonna choose? There's a competition. 
So why does God say, turn your eyes away from me? So why turn your eyes away from me? You know why? Because the void is not just to melt away in the fire. The void is to make a to change the world. From Shabbos you have to go into Choyl. From Shabbos you have to come back. You have to come back. So Hashem says, You see, you asked before, what do you have from Chassidus? You have this balance. You see, the Alter Rebbe doesn't just say, Shabbos, Hashem says, take your eyes away from me. It's time to turn away. You have to now go back into the place where there is, where there is disalignment, because you have to be Megala the Achdus over there. There's a moment we explains this by Riches. It's not the focus of this moment. The focus of this moment is the Ava Betanugim. But in that moment, he says, because you have to make a Dir Betachtainim. Or as, as the Lashon in this moment, not every day is Shabbos. Not every day is Shabbos. Shabbos is Ava Betanugim. Other days are not Shabbos. The Gemara says, in order to eat on Shabbos, you have to work before Shabbos. Right? Today, you have to cook the food. So physically, it means, if you want to have vegetables on Shabbos that are cooked vegetables, you make them on Friday. I didn't mention kishka, I didn't mention shalond, I didn't mention meat, I didn't mention chopped liver, I mentioned vegetables, salads, in your honor. So all the days of the week you have to work with your nefesh. To try to get in touch with the So now on Shabbos one can experience the ultimate Avarabba, which is Avar What allows the secret of to come out? It's the wine. So you're red-eyed from wine. Ah, that's a blessing. That you give a child. Yaakov Avinu was blessing Yehuda. You should always be red-eyed from wine. Your eyes should be on fire. When I look in your eyes, I should see the fire. The fire in your eyes. Your eyes should be on fire. Not because you're an alcoholic, chas Not because you're drinking all day and all night. Your eyes should be on fire. From the passion of Avabatanugim. That's what he says. But how do you get your eyes on fire? You need the wine. Remember? So there's avers, avas oilam. That's one level of love for which you need the wine. There's avarabah. There's another level of love which you need the wine. And the avarabah can bring avabatanugim, which is Shabbos. But it doesn't start on Shabbos. You don't, you can't experience Shabbos on Shabbos. You learn chsidis a whole week. You daven a whole week. You learn a whole week. Then you can have Shabbos. You don't have Shabbos without the weekdays. It doesn't happen that way. You know that the Al-Tarebbe writes in the Kutatari, the Parshas Bahar, that the davening of every day is the Shabbos of the day. And when all the davenings come together, then you have a whole Shabbos. Which means the davening of Sunday, we spoke in the beginning of the moment about what davening is. The davening of Sunday is the Shabbos of Sunday. The davening of Monday is the Shabbos of Monday. When you have the davening of Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, now you have a whole Shabbos. <laughs> All the six days, it become it becomes Shabbos. Vizel chachlili. This is the idea of chachlili. The Gemara says in Ksuvas Kofir Aleph, Kol lili. What does chachlili mean? So the Gemara says chachlili is a combination of two word, three words. Chach is chach, li li. 
Every cheich, cheich is the gum, the gums of a person. The cheich is the gum of a person, or the taste buds, where the taste buds are. So he says, means kol Every gum, every any taste bud that tastes this wine, Oimer right away says, Lee, Lee, it's for me, it's for me. Meaning, don't take this away from me. Lee, Lee, chachlili, kol Oimer Lee, Lee. So literally it means, it's so delicious, it's so geschmack, that the moment I taste this wine, I'm like, I'm not sharing this with anybody. Lee, Lee, Lee. The Alter Rebbe says something much deeper here. The wine of Torah allows you to experience your taste buds. Some wines trigger taste buds. Some foods are helpful for the taste buds. Right? One of the consequences of Corona is people lose their taste. But some wines, they trigger the taste buds. The Hainu, what does this mean? It's an unbelievable word. The wine of Torah triggers your that you should be able to appreciate the taime, the pleasure, the tam, the tainug of the mitzvahs, which is divine pleasure. So then the person, in other words, I can drink wine, but if I'm not a wine connoisseur, I'm not a wine expert, I don't experience the wine. I drink it. I drink up a cup of wine. That's not how you drink wine. If you ever drank wine in front of a wine connoisseur, he says, no, 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 you don't drink like that. <laughs> Right? You have to shake it. You have to make sure it has the proper ear. You have to feel it. You have to prepare it. You have to sense its texture, its aroma, its flavor, the right oxygen, the right climate, etc. And then you have to know how to taste it. You have to know how to bring it into your system. So the Alter Rebbe says you can drink wine of Toyota, the same thing. You just, you drink, you know, no, no, no. You have to be able to learn how to taste it. You have to be able to taste it. What does it mean to taste it? To experience the taimei ha-mitzvahs. To be able to experience the tainug of the mitzvah. The chachma of it and the lakus of it, the flavor of it. That's the tainug alien. Kol chei Oimer, li, li. He says, li, li is. He goes higher and higher, deeper and deeper. Pirush, chei chatoyim zeobchines ava betanugam amizgala b'shabes. When your taste buds experience the Ava Batanugim, the Ti'ime, the Geshmak, then what happens? This is Shabbos. And then the person says, Li, Li. What's the Li, Li? The Li, Li is the two first levels of love. Avas Oilam and Avarab. Now come together. Because as you said, Rabbi Aaron said, when you have Avabatanugim, does it cover your Shalom Bayis? So he says, you see what it says here? Once you have Avabatanugim, it encompasses Avas Oilam. It encompasses Avarab. It unites all parts of a person's life. So when the taste buds, Experience the wine. Oimer li li. What's the oimer li li? Li li is the person now connects with the avas oilam. The person connects with the avarabba with both loves. And he says in the names of Hashem, avas oilam is called ban. Avas oilam is ma. Avarabba is ma. 
And Ava Betanugim is Shem Av, which transcends Ma and Ban, and brings them together. Ma is Mavarer Ban, and the Yichud of Ma Ban produces Ava Betanugim. This is already something we discussed, the idea of Shem Ban, which is Gematria Behema, Shem Ma, which is Begematria Adam. Ma represents pure divinity. Ban is the way divinity transforms the world. The unity of Ma and Ban is the unity of Averab and Avas Olam. And Av ultimately brings them together beyond both. This is the blessing of Yaakov Avinu. Chachlili enayim you'll be red-eyed from wine. So for this he explained that the Torah is called wine. There's something called Avas Oilam. There's something called Averaba. It's the wine that brings out the secret, which is not only the Avas Oilam, but also the Averaba. That's the wine. And when you're red-eyed, it means you're not just drinking the wine. It means the wine creates a fire in your eyes, which is Avabatanogim. And that's expressed on Shabbos. But Shabbos, it happens only because a whole week you toiled in Torah and in Avoidah. And Torah is Yenosh Torah. Torah has all of this. But on Shabbos, one can experience in a far deeper way this Tainuk, but it only comes from the work of drinking the wine all, all week. Now we come to the last piece of the Maimer. I'm going to read this a little fast, because I know the hour is late, and I wanted to finish the Maimer before Shabbos Parshas Vayichi. So tomorrow, or today when you learn the Parsha, you, you have this Pasik, so you know the Mimer on the Pasik, and then you could chazer the Mimer tonight and tomorrow. By you it's nearly Shabbos. By us it's also soon Shabbos. So your mama, you have the schus to learn the Balatanya right before Shabbos. You already went to the Mikveh. You already, you have the schus after the Mikveh, after Shnai Mikveh, Chetargim, you already did Shir Hashirim. Shashirim you did, yeah. And you took a haircut. They served Cholent at the Mikveh. They did everything good in Manchester, in Antwerp. So now, you already took a, you know in Antwerp they have a park, it's called the Cholent Park. When I went to Antwerp the first time, I was introduced, my host tells me this is the Cholent Park. Everybody, the whole Antwerp, they call it the Cholent Park. You know why it's called the Cholent Park? Because Jews, for, for who knows how many years, after eating Cholent, would take a stroll in the park. So it's called the Cholent Park. <laughs> That's also Einig Shabbos. It's also Einig Shabbos. <laughs> the Cholent Park, Antwerp, Antwerpen. What does now, here you see, L'chaire Dalte Rebbe could stop here, right? He says, no, Ulevein Shinayim Michalov. Your eyes are red from wine and your teeth are white from milk. <laughs> What's the bracha? Your teeth should be white from milk. Again, on a literal level, it means there'll be a lot of milk. You'll drink a lot of milk. You'll have a lot of, your teeth will be very white. Yeah, it's like you, that, that's on a, on a literal level. The Alter Rebbe says it's a continuation to before. Ulevein shenayim michalov. Pirush, we have a few things here. There's teeth, there's white teeth through milk. So he says, Pirush. Fascinating words. What's the function of teeth? They grind up the food so that it should be able to be digested in your intestines and then they could serve as true nutrients for the body. Those who don't chew, when you don't chew, if you don't, and you do not grind up the food with your teeth, 
it will not be able to be digested at all. It will not give you the sufficient nutrients and satiations that you need. Now it's fascinating. Today, nutritionists talk a lot about chewing, right? You got to chew and chew and chew. You got to chew at least 32 times. (laughs) And they explain what chewing does. Chewing breaks up the food. Chewing extracts all the healthy nutrients of the food. And chewing allows the food to be digested in a much more productive and efficient way. It also allows the different parts of the food to come in contact with the saliva, which has enzymes that are released by the mouth that already begin the process of digestion. Digestion doesn't begin when the food goes, in, down, goes down your throat, goes down your esophagus. Digestion begins when? The moment you put the food onto your tongue. Already the saliva begins the process of digestion. And chewing up the food before it goes down, says the Alter Rebbe, is extremely productive and necessary to be able to digest the food and to be able to allow your body to actually integrate the food and allow it to become part of your bloodstream and part of your organism in a way that will give you the satiation and the health that you need. We also know today that it's healthy, it's productive, it's also responsible for for, for weight loss. It's much healthier. You got to chew, chew, chew the food. You don't just throw it down. The You don't just... <laughs> Take the matzah ball and send it right down. You don't do it that way. Chew, 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 chew. So this is what he says. This he says in the Maimer. You got to chew your food. What does this mean? Everything that exists in the body, in our biological existence, is a mirror of our spiritual existence, because the world is one. Torah is a blueprint for the world. So he says, "Kachal derech mashul." Just as it's true physically, when it comes to chewing food, this is also true spiritually. Just as we speak about physically, that chewing is an essential part of digestion, the more you chew, the better your food will be broken down with the help of the digestive enzymes released in your mouth. Prior to entering your stomach... This has to be prior to entering your stomach. When food is properly broken down... Everything is healthier. In fact, the risk of bloating and adverse GI symptoms will improve. Yeah. Speak to your doctor. You don't believe me? Speak to your doctor. We have some doctors. You can speak to them. That's the fact. Yeah. And here we have a world-renowned chiropractor agreeing with me. But I'm just repeating the words of the Mimer. And we all know the benefits today are very obvious. You absorb much more nutrients and energy from your food. It maintains healthy weight. The food gets more exposure to the saliva. It's good for your teeth. Less excess bacteria lingering in your intestines. And you also enjoy the food much more, by the way. You taste it much more. What is the spiritually? All of these aspects I just said exist also spiritually. In order that Torah mitzvahs should be food for the 248 organs of the king, the Nisham is a reflection of Hashem, Tzalem Elikim, and the mitzvahs are called the 248 organs of the king, limbs of the king, in order to feed all the 248 organs of the king, Shetainav Shemer Kavale. What does it mean to feed them? That your soul should become one 
should become a chariot for the 248 organs of the king, that Hashem limbs, Hashem's limbs, which are the mitzvahs, should become completely one with you. So what does it mean to digest your food? It doesn't mean your food goes into you. It means your food can become part of you. It means your food can allow you to be healthy. It means your food can give you the oxygen you need, the blood you need, the nutrients you need, in order to be able to have all the blood and oxygen you need. In order, the food becomes you. That's what good digestion means. The food becomes you. How do you have that the mitzvahs, the lakus, should become you, should become one with the nefesh? In other words, you should live an aligned life. You have to have teeth. What's teeth? You know what the teeth do? The teeth grind up the food. They turn the food into crumbs. They actually take apart the food. They take apart the texture of the food. What does this mean? In many ways, in many ways, you have a beautiful piece of food. Beautiful. Gewaldige color, gewaldige smell, gewaldige presentation, right? You know, you go to a restaurant and the multi-billion dollar industry of restaurants is basically for 10 seconds or 20 seconds the amount that it takes the waiter to deliver the platter and put it down and everybody looks... 20 seconds, everybody's starving, starving Jews who came out to eat, right? 20 seconds later, it's all down here. And then, you know, if I, if I bring it back up, if I regurgitate it and show it to you, it's not going to be so appealing. Right? So the multi-billion dollar industry of food is 20 seconds. <laughs> 20 seconds. That's what it is. Very important. Those 20 seconds. The teeth ruin everything. The teeth take it apart and dissect it. The teeth, what's inside? What's inside? Let's get it. Let's get it inside. Teeth don't like chitzonius. Teeth want the pneumius. They want to grind it. The Hainu, what does this mean? So the Alter Rebbe says, what are teeth? What does it mean you have teeth? Lefader or levarer kol maisov v'diburov u'machshavoisov u'ledaktek u'lefashpish behen v'liyaz memori d'chushbona lishkel kol drachov u'lefalis ma'galoisov v'nikra b'loshna gemora medaktek b'maisov. What this means is a person lives with real self-awareness. It's an incredible idea. Real self-awareness means I have the courage to be able to trace back every action, every word, every thought, to really take it apart, to really understand what is happening inside of me. Where are things coming from? I know we men don't like it, right? Why are you, sp- why are you stressed? Why are you anxious? Why are you angry? Why did you shut down? Why did you just run into your cave? Eh, leave me alone, leave me alone. You have to have teeth. You have to be able to take apart your diburim. What did you just say? What is it expressing? What are your thoughts? Where are your thoughts coming from? Where are your maizim coming from? Where are these attitudes coming from? What is going on? Let's take it all apart. Let's find out. Let's understand. Be accountable for your day and your night. Search them through. Dissect them. Analyze them. Break them apart. Grind them up. That's what the teeth do. The Gemara calls it medaktek b'maizim. It doesn't mean just mean you do good things. The word medaktek, right? What does dak mean? Rabbi Litzman, you said today in the morning, Karbonus, hadak, hadak, hetev. You remember what they do with the incense? What they do with the herbs? They chopped it up. They crushed it up. Medaktek b'maizim. Everyone says medaktek means what? You're very frum. 
The Alter Rebbe says medaktik means something else. Medaktik means you're self-aware. <laughs> you make it fine. You see what's really going on. Your mice are fine. You know why? Because what's behind them is, is, is you get to, you, you make sure that what you see what's behind them. You want to make sure that what's behind them is a purity and a healthiness and a wholesomeness. Only then will your Torah mitzvahs be digested in the soul. You know what chewing does? Chewing breaks everything apart so that it can be digested and the body can then say, this goes in and this got to go out. The nutrients will become satiation. And the psoilus is the, the psoilus is the, no, the psoilus of the food is what? The unused, the unused parts, because it can't be used. Huh? The refuse, exactly. The refuse, the psoilus, what will happen with the psoilus? which is there, it's mixed in with alien stuff that are alien to what your body needs, this your body could reject. But the only way your body can do this is, if what? If everything is broken apart, if it's dissected. If they say, say, oh, this is for me, this got to go out, this comes in, this has to be evacuated, this becomes part of the bloodstream. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. If you can have something good, it's it's not chewed, and it gets it gets rejected. You can have something bad, it's not chewed, and it gets integrated. So the Alter Rebbe says, what does this mean in a person's life? In order to get rid of the psoilus and to get the toiv, you have to chew. The same is true when a person deals with their own midas. You have to refine your midas, your attitudes, your love, your awe, every person according to what he estimates in his heart. You have to weigh it with the scales of your mind. Is your love authentic or is it false? Are you running away from something? What type of avadi Are you really dealing and transforming your darkness truthfully? Person has to work on himself and chew everything up. To reach a place until you have a relationship with truth without the myonis. The myonis means without hallucinations. You're not imagining things about yourself. You're flying high and really you're in the abyss. You think you're holy, but you're dysfunctional. You're trying to be extremely, extremely sacred, but you basically never learned how to appreciate yourself or appreciate other people because you never bothered to chew. You got to chew up the food. Your teda, your mitzvahs, your middas, your attitudes, your perspectives, your relationships. You got to really chew it up. And then your soul could say, this is toiv, this is ra. If not, nothing gets digested. It all goes in there, but it never becomes really one with me, never becomes really integrated. I live on the peripheral, I live a very superficial life. Nothing is really one with me, nothing is really unified with me, nothing is internalized. Why is nothing internalized? It can't be internalized. There's one big mishmash, nothing can be digested. Digestion means that the food really becomes part of you, you become a different person. 
You become a wholesome person. You become a divine person. How can that happen if I did not bother to chew up the food? I said, who has time to chew up the food? Just put it into your system. You cannot just put it into your system. You have to be able to really become aware of what is going into your system. What is happening? What is behind your thoughts and your words and your actions and your attitudes and your behaviors? What's going on? This is called know thyself, real self-awareness, and it's not comfortable. We don't like chewing. Who likes chewing? Who likes chewing? The Mittler Rebbe writes in Teres Chaim, this mimer that he said over from his father, and he explained that we have 32 teeth. How many teeth do we have, adults? 32. Why 32? Lamed Beis Nesiva is Chachma. It says in Sefer Yitzirah that there's 32 pathways from Chachma. Chachma is the point, but then you need 32 teeth because you have to take the seminal point and dissect it into 32 pathways. And I, I read that we chew 32 times, which is Gewaldic. They say you have to chew 32 times. 32 teeth, because it's Lamed Beis Nesiva is Chachma. Chachma is the Nekuda, but the Nekuda is not enough. You have to really dissect it and develop it and really be able to flesh out the details and see what is going on inside of me, to really be aware, you know, when I say things, when I do things, what is going on? We're not comfortable doing this. It's very hard. We take it for granted. We want to look at it superficially, but Dr. Rebbe says you will not become integrated. Nothing will be united with you. Elikus will not be able to become part of you because you're not chewing up your food. Only when you chew it up can you realize what is really true and you can embrace it without demyoinus. Very powerful words, without demyoinus. Believe demyoinus. There's many ways, he says, we can discuss this. There's many, many ways that are known to all those who search for God. They will understand on their own how they have to really, really dissect and examine what is going on in their life. And this takes toil. He says, I'm not going to get very specific here. Every person in their own life has to figure out if you're really searching for truth, how to be able to use your spiritual teeth and chew up everything. So the Yaakov Avinu says, it's very beautiful that you have red eyes, it's amazing, but now we have to talk about teeth. You have to be able to grind up the realities in your life. From the teeth, now you have teeth, now you need milk. <laughs> now you need milk to make your teeth white. What does milk do for the baby? Hashem made the system of nature with humans and with mammals. An infant is born and it nurses for a long period of time. And this is essential and very powerful for the child to be able to grow and grow swiftly, Bezer Hashem. That's what Cholov does. It's Megadalus Havlat. It allows the Vlad, the fetus, the child, to be able to grow. And the Ivarim, all of the limbs and the organs should be able to develop appropriately. We spoke about the wine of Torah. But now he says there is the milk of Torah. What's the milk of Torah? Megadalus Midois of Avavir. It raises, it develops, it allows your Midis to grow and mature your love. Just like a child has to develop physically and emotionally and psychologically, neurologically. The same is true spiritually. Our Ava always grow and develop. And that's the milk of Taita. It broadens our horizons. It makes us larger and more mature. With every day of life, 
you become older, and that's an opportunity to become wiser, to become deeper, to become more authentic. I cannot now behave as a 10-year-old and say when I was 10, this was perfect behavior. Why? Not because a 10-year-old is not wonderful and cute, but because you're not 10. Because you know different things, you know different realities. When you're 2, you got to be 2. And when you're 8, you got to be 8. And when you're 15, you got to be 15. And when you're 98, you got to be 98. And when you're 45, you got to be 45. In other words, you have to be able to dance to the rhythm of life, to the heartbeat of life, and allow yourself to grow up. And he says after the parentheses, V'zeu roi chatzoyz b'chalav. In Shashim, there's an expression, they bathe in milk. Shachalav marchitz hamidais. The whitening of milk, it bathes your midas, to transform you from one essence to another essence. The ability to be able to transform yourself, to whiten yourself, to become a new person, to really challenge your midas to the point that all of them should be aligned with goodness. This is the power of milk. So now your teeth can become white. Your teeth should have a whiteness and a clarity. To be able to refine your midas, deeper and deeper, higher and higher, until the great lofty heights, to the point that you can experience the divine as like as though you see it. Without the need to toil through the rubble and the debris. When you see it, it's like an immediate experience. So what is the Balatanya saying here? Very, very briefly, in conclusion. There's the red eyes that come from wine. But he says, don't stop here. It's important that you still have the teeth. And you really look at all aspects of your life and you grind them apart, your words, your thoughts, your actions, your middis, to be able to understand what your ava is made up of, to be able to understand how you deal with your demons and your skeletons and your scars and your wounds, to be able to see how it's affecting you, to really be able to break it down. Only then can it be integrated. And those teeth need to become white from milk. The milk of Torah allows the person always to grow, just like a child grows. The milk of Torah is what challenges your horizons. It always broadens you. Don't get stuck in your spiritual comfort zones. Don't say, oh, I already know everything. I reached my plateau. This happens to people. They reach a certain point in life and then they stop growing. Everything is just a repetition of what happened earlier. No. You have to continue finding in Torah a source of challenging yourself. The layers of the onions get peeled, but a new layer, and another layer, another layer. And what else does the milk do? It ref- it whitens, it bathes you, and it bathes the teeth, it allows the teeth to become white. That the beater should be able to be with a whiteness, with a clarity, with a sense of light, to be able to really refine yourself on that level. And he says, Fizel, this is the blessing, <laughs> your eyes will always be red from wine. And your teeth will always be able to be white with the milk. And the wine and the milk, it becomes as we said, where the taste buds absorb it and say, li, li. to me, to me, what's li, li, to me, to me, that the person 
gets closer, he says, Li is to Hashem. You get closer to me and me until the greatest of heights, which is really infinite, and therefore the growth continues ad infinitum. Let's take a few questions. Question number one. He says that after Avabitanugim, you have to bring it down to your level in the sense that you have to be medactic b'maisav, you have to work on yourself, you have to analyze it. I find this astounding. This is a beautiful insight. I find this astounding because you would think once you're in Avabitanugim, you're completely consumed. What else do you need? This is where the Alter Rebbe says, no, no, no. Ultimately, what can happen is it's not digested inside of your system. Meaning you have fleeting experiences of very powerful love. But in order to digest it, it means it has to be integrated. So the way I understand it, what Alter Rebbe is saying, if you want to integrate it, then you have to digest it. If you want to digest it, you have to use your teeth in order to really break it up and see how it truly, truly relates to you and what parts belong inside of you and what parts of you you have to say goodbye to. I want to add, the Gemarim Psachim Dafyut says, Darker shall A child has the custom of taking bread and turning it into crumbs. That's why when it comes to B'dikas Chametz, right, if your child gets a hold of the bread, the Gemara says you got to be careful. So he says, what does this mean? In order to descend from the level of Avabatanugim, one has to be like a child, which Lefare, he breaks up the food into crumbs. Go back to the starting point to build the points within you that still need to be perfected. You have to view yourself as a child, that there's a lot of work to be done. Don't be satisfied with your Avabatanugim because it can be a fleeting experience that is not really integrated. The Gemara also says that a mouse does not, a mouse does not turn the bread into crumbs. In other words, a mouse hides the food. It keeps and holds on to his madrega without searching for more. So you have to choose, are you going to be a mouse or are you going to be a child? If you're going to be a mouse, you just hold on to your bread and you don't look for more. If you're going to be a child, you're ready to become like a human child, then what happens? You'll have the courage to be able to turn it into crumbs. That's beautiful. Eyes enable us to see, to appreciate, to understand something. Without eyes, it's obviously much more difficult to see and understand. A picture is worth a thousand words. To see a picture, you need eyesight. So the inclusion of eyes in the bracha, paikeach ivrim, in the morning, Hashem opens up our eyesight, perhaps includes so many levels of vision. The ability to see and comprehend. Bloodshot means, the bloodshot eyes means the blood has come full force to the eyes. It shoots to the eyes. We know that the life of the living being is in the blood. Added together, this means to use the gift and great ability of eyesight to see the true inner meaning and purpose of life. Not just the outer form, the chitzonius of the item seen by the eye, but to be able to have the real force of life informing your eyes. That's how I understand the Mimer. Beautiful, beautiful. You explained that Yaakov blesses his son with the wine of Torah to be able to get to the inner secrets of love and the inner secrets of Torah. Avraham wrote Sefer Yitzirah. There was already a menorah of the inner esoteric parts of Torah. Why did it take another millennium until Rabshim Ben Yechai wrote the Zoyar, another millennium for the Arizal, for the Balshemtiv, 
for all of the Hasidic masters, for the Vilna Gon, is this comparable maybe to Tayyar Shabal Peh? It was a millennium until the Mishnah was written, and then hundreds of years till the Gemara, until the Shulchan Aruch, etc. Both the millennia-long, slow, unpeeling onions of the revealed parts of Torah and the inner esoteric parts of Torah seem to be marching along in parallel towards the ultimate time when all will be unraveled, all will be unveiled, and the innermost core and purpose and meaning will become obvious to us all because all will be integrated. On target, my friend. You speak about chewing up your food to separate the unnecessary parts from the necessary parts. But wine doesn't need chewing. It's all good, all necessary, and all pure. (laughs) You speak about chewing up food. There are people in a coma unable to chew, unable to separate and fully utilize the beneficial parts of food. Sometimes we are in a comatose state. With a comatose patient, we take a liquefied form of beneficial nutrients and inject it directly into the the comatose patient via intravenous, directly into the blood, bypassing the GI system. Perhaps today we need the pure extracts of Ruchnia's nutrition directly injected into our blood, our life force, because not everybody knows how to choose. Some of us are in a comatose spiritual state. (laughs) Okay. Gewaldige insights, beautiful insights, beautiful insights. Next question. The Gemara says in Masech Teksuvis, Kufir Aleph Amit Beis, Levein Shinayim Eichalov Amit Rabbi Yochanan, Toiv HaMal Ben Shinayim Lechavere Yosef Mashkei Eichalov. Better the person who uh, whitens the teeth of his friends, of his friend, rather than gives him milk. What does this mean? The simon that one has reached the level of Ava Betanugim is that you're aligned perfectly with Hashem, that the Ava has a hispashtus throughout all his chaverim, that it naturally overflows to others. In other words, you also whiten the teeth of your friends. It doesn't only stay within you. That's beautiful, beautiful insight. Thank you. That's the same Gemara, I think, where it says, Li Li, Kala Oimer, Kal Oimer Li Li, Ksuvis, Kofira, the end of Mesechta Ksuvis. I wish you all. A beautiful day. May your eyes be red with wine and may your teeth be white from milk. I send you my deepest love and blessings and a beautiful Shabbos full of Ava Soilam, Ava Rabba, and Ava Betanogim. Yeah, the, the neighborhood can use some healthier restaurants. It would be nice to have it. They don't have one that's really, really very healthy. Yeah. I tried to chew my coffee very well today. <laughs> yeah. But after this mimer, how could you not chew your food? Yeah, it's good. Uh, when you chew your food now, it's not just you chewing the food. It's a metaphor for life. You're chewing up your life. You're, you're, you're really going into your life. Mm-hmm. It's a metaphor for life. Where's that story about the Holocaust survivor who survived because he'd learned how to chew the food? I'll find it for you. I would love to see it. It was not a yid. I would love to see it. In other words, it's the chewing that allowed him to absorb the nutrients and his body could survive. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking here. You know, this this mimer of the Alter Rebbe was written down by different of his, by, by different students of his. So there's the version in Torah, there's a version that was written by his son, the Mittler Rebbe, 
The Torah was written by his brother. It's printed in Sefer Amar Tafkuf Samachai. So he clarifies and he says that the reason that after wine you have to start drinking the milk, he says, because even when you have tremendous ava to the point of Mesiris Nefesh, he says you could still remain just one big goylem, one big piece of food, and you can't be fully digested by Hashem, which means you can't become fully aligned with the divine. You can't become food. The Zoyar says, The Jewish people feed Hashem. What does it mean we feed Hashem? When you eat something, it becomes one with you. He says, we become one, we become digested, digested by the Shekhinah. He says, the only way you can be digested by the Shekhinah is if you chew up your food, meaning if you're medaktik, if you're medaktik, like when you learn well and you break down a piece of Gemara, he says, you really have to have to look at how you behave and how you speak and how you think and what's behind your behaviors and your attitudes and your moods. He says, then you could be absorbed by Hashem. If not, you became you become like matter that's not refined enough. It's not fine enough to be able to be digested by the Shekhinah. And then he says, but that's not enough. You need milk. Why? He says, during davening, people sometimes experience a lot of love, right? But then when they go to work or they go out to the world, they, they, they lose touch with that consciousness. He said, what does milk do? Milk allows the child to grow on all levels. All the limbs become expanded because the milk that the baby drinks from the mother ultimately affects the entire organism. So he says the milk is when you allow the Torah and the Ava to really extend into all your limbs, into all aspects of your life. Even the most mundane physical aspect in your life is infused with the Ava of davening. So he says it like extends it. It extends it just like Water, he says, milk, these liquids, it expands that the Ava should really extend in depth and in breadth and in length to all aspects, aspects of your day. Besides, of course, refining it with whiteness. Just the, he sums it up very nicely what the Alter Rebbe is saying here. Chazak. My love and blessings to you and the whole family. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.